Welcome to the Everything Podcast, the place for everything education. Whether you're a first-year teacher or a seasoned educator, our mission is to help you employ smart strategies in and out of the classroom. We firmly believe that teacher burnout isn't inevitable. Part inspiration and part implementation, we discuss the why and how to make your classroom effective and sustainable. We're your hosts, Danielle and Nicole. You're listening to the Everything Podcast, podcast episode 36. Danielle, it's almost end of the year. It is almost the end of the year. It's almost the end of the year. It's almost the end of our our first season of podcast recording. Yes. (laughs) A lot of things happening right now. All good stuff. You also have a lot of things happening in your personal life right now, too. Very exciting things. Yes. Very exciting. If you checked out our Instagram this week, you saw... A little bit about my uh, special weekend that mm-hmm. I had. I am recently engaged. Yes. Very excited. And we are excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, already headfirst in planning and, you know, just really, I'm so excited to, to do all the things mm-hmm. as, as I'm sure you can imagine, Danielle, just want to get into it. So, <laughs> and I think that is just one reason why you might be very much looking forward to the end of the year, very much looking forward to summertime. I feel like right now, if you're listening to this in real time, it is the season where people are not just counting down the days, they're probably counting down hours and minutes at this point. (laughs) And if there are big, exciting things happening in their lives, like they too are recently engaged or recently had a baby and they're looking forward to time off during the summer to spend with them, things like that. I think there are a lot of reasons why people make the five biggest mistakes that we're going to cover today about how they kind of end their year. Oh yeah, for sure. And Danielle, I feel like this episode really is a compilation of so many things that we've discussed so far this year on our podcast as far as mm-hmm. planning, preparation, and how we tend to prioritize sometimes the wrong things. And then by the time you realize, man, I really could have taken advantage of that time, it's too late. So we're here to chat about how we really can use this time so wisely. And if this is a crazy time for you and you're listening to this, you know, maybe like a week later or whatever it is, and you're sitting in your car like, all right, how do I, how do I get into it? How do I get organized? This is the episode for you. We have five mistakes to talk about today. First and up. how to avoid them. And how to avoid them. Yes, of course. <laughs> the other, the important half, more important half of the, the topic here. Yes. So our first mistake, not paying close attention to dates. So we've chatted about outlining our calendar, the things that are of high importance, high priority. Mm-hmm. I'm sure every teacher can agree that end of year is just full of events. Yes. Me- whether it's meetings, social events, you know. Things just tend to pile up, and whether it's been on your calendar as an annual event or it's mm-hmm. something that popped up last minute, it is now is the time to be hyper organized. Yeah, we talked about this in the spring cleaning episode, but even in the time that has elapsed between that episode and now, you've probably received multiple emails with either more dates, updates on days or times with things, updates regarding maybe venues if things are happening off of school campus because it is an end of the year celebration that the principal hosts at their house or something like that. So these are just things that you really have to kind of pay attention to. Yeah, it's dates like that. And then it's also dates when I think back, you know, to my experience with my high schoolers, I've seen a trend sort of year Mm -hmm. after year where 
a lot of my high school students will just, you know, become increasingly more absent <laughs> towards the end of the year, field trips popping mm-hmm. up, you know, yeah. I've had a number of students take vacations this time of year. I don't know about you, but I always think it's like, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> We're all right, right. Like, and, you know, I'm always a little frustrated by that. So you I mean just the week and... before finals. Yeah. <laughs> ah, who needs a final exam? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, just really being aware of that and not so surprised and scrambling at the last minute to figure out how to make up that work with your student who just happens to come back last day of school after missing a week. Right. And it might not even be because the family is just taking a vacation that week because that's when their their timeshare week is. It might be because of something that can't be moved. This is prime wedding season, for example. So if their sister is getting married and it's happening out of state, they're probably going to be gone for a few days. And honestly, your class is probably the last thing on their mind. Yeah, fair, fair enough. So really paying very close attention to dates, getting organized with the work that students need to make up and maybe even having a system in place for makeup work. I know for me, we do have some end of year checks that we have to go through on our calendars and when students, you know, miss those, there is a specific makeup day for them to come and make up the work and just being really on top of those dates as well. Maybe even having your own system if that's not part of your school system, having something where I know, Danielle, you've talked about the way that you like to use um, your Google sign in for checking in, for making up tests and quizzes yeah. and the way that you like to organize that. It's another great example of how you can uh, streamline that and not make it such a mess, especially at this time of year. Right. Because in all the other marking periods, you could probably get away with, oh, you'll see that student two or three days from then. You know you had wanted them to make it up on Tuesday, but hey, what are you going to do? You'll be able to make the deadline for Friday. No, when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And you do not want to have to figure that out. So as a result, make sure that you are prioritizing, thinking about your calendar, making sure that is completely organized and double checking that things have not changed since you wrote it down in your paper planner or since you put it in your phone. So true. All right. How about mistake number two? Mistake number two. And this is related in a lot of ways to mistake number one, but it is not following up or leaving things unresolved, especially those things you're leaving to the last minute. Guilty of that for sure. At least, you know, when I, when I think about my high schoolers moving from the next, from my grade level to the next and the way (laughs) that they move on to the next level of the Spanish language classes, a lot of the time you make a recommendation for a student to move to one place back in early marking period, you know, early May, call it end of April. And now maybe you want to rethink that, or maybe there's some change that has to be made, right? There's a lot of things that may be resolved, but in, in some terms, they're not permanent. So making mm-hmm. efforts to follow up, make arrangements for changes. If you notice that students are in need of that, this is the time to do that. Over the summer, when it dawns on you that you didn't yeah. quite send that email, you didn't mm-hmm. quite follow through, we just don't want you to regret that. It's so important to really make sure you you do all you can to set your students up for success next year. And, and now is the time. And you don't know when people will get back to you over the summer. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to get um, a response to the recommendation because maybe the guidance department has to be involved with making that switch or the registrar or other other hands might be involved in making whatever that kind of decision was and it's not just communication with those at school uh this might be 
maybe a parent email that didn't seem to be very high priority at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. And you want to make sure that you don't kind of leave anything on the table. You want to make sure that you don't forget to dot the I's and cross the T's, even if it seems minor to you. Maybe it was something as simple as like a parent. I know because I teach English, sometimes parents will email me asking me what their kids should read over the summer. That's like not on the recommended reading list. Like what else should so-and-so read in in my opinion and that doesn't sound like a a pressing issue so it might be the kind of thing that slips away for a little while but you definitely don't want to get an email in mid-july from a parent that says um remember that time i asked you for a recommendation well johnny's not reading and it's your fault yeah (laughs) i also like to take this time to follow up with any parent uh, correspondences that i've been having throughout the year know students who are improving in many ways or maybe not Mm -hmm. doing so well and I feel that sometimes parents are kind of looking for that closure maybe I am in some ways as well and it's just a nice opportunity to close out the year with a nice note if you're able to do that and I think bringing up the fact that it might not be an email that you're like nervous about sending an email that you've been putting off for any reason a note telling the parent how far that student has come is something that you would look forward to delivering to that parent. But again, it's one of those things that when you are scrambling for time and you need to get these things graded, it's probably the kind of thing that has been moved from today's to-do list many, many times now. Yeah. (laughs) And that brings us to the time management of the final days of school for both you and your students. And that is kind of the bigger topic that relates to mistake three, four, and five. Oh yeah. First up, mistake number three, not taking advantage of cleanup time. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about the time that you come in in your athletic clothes over the summer and you just rip apart your classroom. <laughs> for hours. For hours. Let's, let's hour. be real about it. For <laughs> hours. Yes. <laughs> we're talking about the time that you have where There's a little bit of extra leeway in your schedule and you can involve your students in this process. Maybe it's taking down a bulletin board. Maybe it's asking your students to get involved in cleaning up the cubbies that you might have in your room or any bookshelves that they may be accessing day to day. There's a lot of time at the end of the school year, at least in my schedule, and I think for a lot of the teachers that I interact with, where... Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily instructing at this time, but you still want your students to be engaged in doing something and maybe not hanging out watching a movie or or doing other things. So if you do have the ability to involve your students and get them moving, (laughs) why not take advantage of this time? And I think that sometimes people write that off as something that is maybe beneficial to you, but can't be beneficial to the student and can't be used as a learning experience. I think in the younger grades, it's a really good time to reinforce a talk about responsibility, taking care of your environment, things like that. And even if you're not at the elementary level, if you are a high school teacher, maybe you're taking down the bulletin board that has all of the student work that you featured. Maybe when you ask each of the students to take down their particular piece of work, they turn it over and they do some reflective piece on the back. Great idea. Oh, yeah. Also, when you think about the way that you may want to reorganize for next year, having student input in that as well. If there's like categories that they want to come up with, how things should be displayed, or even maybe some some type of schedule for 
what bulletin board should be first up for the classroom of students next year. That's a perfect segue to mistake number four, not polling your students and requesting their feedback. I think a lot of people ignore this because they're they're too nervous yeah. to ask for feedback. Yeah. I remember telling someone once they were like, oh my gosh, God bless you. I would never do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I thought it was so funny. I was like, well, what are you doing in there? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Now, whenever I ask for feedback, I give really specific questions yeah. that I want to make sure that I have answered. I try and do First of all, multiple choice, open-ended, true, false, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, if, if that is the kind of thing that will work for you in your classroom, why not do that? I know I usually make mine open-ended, but I feel like if you just give a student like, hey, what did you like about this year? And what didn't you like? Or let's reflect for 15 minutes. It's just, it's too vague. Too vague. And they don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. And they also don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's that trust. We always go back to this, but yes, that students have with you. I like to set up my feedback as an anonymous Google form. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people come to question me on that. Well, what if you get something you don't like or something, you know, whatever. I haven't had that experience. And if it comes to that, maybe I'll have another <laughs> more questions to be asking myself. But I've done it as an anonymous Google Forms quiz. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I vary the question types. I do try and make it a little bit more involved. And I make specific questions for them. Can you give some examples? Yeah. So I'll try and talk about a particular unit. For example, one of mm -hmm. the most challenging units of the year has to do with two different grammar points, the preterite and the imperfect, both of which mm -hmm. are like past tenses. And Oh, I remember that oh, in high school Spanish. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like everyone's, you know, bane of existence. Like no one wants right. to deal. It's And it comes back in college, you know, the whole thing. But that's mm -hmm. something that students, you know, it's really built up. And it's not even just from my room. They just know it's coming. And mm -hmm. so I try and really hone in on that. Like that was one of the most challenging things that we did this year. What was mm -hmm. your favorite way of assessing your understanding? And I'll give them like the four different ways that I assess them, right? Because that's, you know, assessing what they got out of it, but also how they best uh, present their information. And I just, mm -hmm. I get like so many different, you know, pieces from those questions and those answers, yeah. which I really enjoy. And that reminds me of the episode where we talked about making sure that maybe you're passing information on to the next teacher right. that will have these students, because that would be incredibly valuable. We talked about the uh, I think it was tips for teacher in our resource library. This was something that Amanda Murtaugh talked about when she came back on the podcast and kind of explained to us what's going through the minds of the students. And that wasn't necessarily for the end of the year. It could be whenever you need it to be, but she did recommend yeah. putting it at this time. Yeah. So that would be great. I also really like that you said when it comes to the multiple choice that you gave them, I think if you had just given an open-ended question, like what was the hardest thing, every single person would have given you the same exact feedback that you had predicted. And it wouldn't have been helpful to you. It wouldn't inform your teaching style for the next year. Yeah. I think giving multiple choice, whether it's so that way you're getting the information you need or just reminding your students of, of all that you did. <laughs> yes, that's the other part. Because I used to do it in the way that you described, Danielle, where it was like very mm -hmm. open, the question. They're like, yeah. wait, I forgot we did this. Oh my yes. gosh, remember that? I will say one of the great, and I think it's just crazy, but one of the things that I was most surprised by 
my first couple of years. I did this mm-hmm. my first, I was brave. I did this my first year of teaching. I requested feedback from students mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> but the, yep. the feedback that I actually, I ended up getting from a couple of different students was about my classroom management and disciplinary skills. Really? Yeah. And students were like, I wish that you, you know, and of course they like named the kid. <laughs> I wish, you know, I wish did. you like called out, you know, whoever the student was or whatever it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, they made a comment about how they just wish that I was tougher on that, on this one kid. Yeah. And I just thought that was wild because as a brand new 22 year old teacher, I'm sitting yep. there like, I'm going to have, you know, an uprising on my hands if I do that. But meanwhile, it, it truly is like the most basic level of, the second you step into a classroom is just being strong in your classroom management. But at the time, you know, it was still very, very new to me. So that feedback I thought was just so, so interesting. And it probably changed a little bit about the way you interact with maybe the quote unquote, like troublemaker kids. 100%. I still remember it because I was just, I was really just so so surprised when I saw that. And I've held on to that ever since. Mm -hmm. And I will also mention that it is entirely possible that you will get contradictory feedback mm. from students. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it might be about classroom management things. Mm-hmm. Um, you might not get anything about classroom management information. I know when I'm doing my end of year surveys, I really want to know what texts were truly high interest for my students versus what text I thought would be yeah. truly high interest for my students. And sometimes I have I have one text that comes up as both people's favorite and people's most hated. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on which form I have. Right. So it might be a little bit difficult to determine exactly what you want to do mm-hmm. with the information. Or it might be like in your case, when it came to classroom management, when it's very clear, like next year, yeah. one of the things I need to do is step it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. For sure. And it really, I held on to it for sure. But then it also just completely changed the way that I saw my relationship with my students. Like I said, being so young and then having to really figure out the right way to, to have that that dynamic that I was looking for with my high schoolers. So using that yeah. in the way that works for you, because I think you're right, Danielle, you're going to find some things that are, you're just not really sure what to do with it. <laughs> yes. So, And for me, when I was teaching sophomore English, one of those topics was the crucible. Mm-hmm. I don't have to teach the crucible. And it was either something that students were like, it was the best text we read by a it was amazing. I just, I loved it so much. And other people were, were giving me the feedback. Why did we bother? Yeah. Yeah. And like extreme, right. Extreme difference. Yeah. The last point I want to make before we move on to our final mistake, mistake number five, is that when we mentioned that sometimes by making sure that you request this feedback in the proper way, students really kind of realize how much of territory you've covered over the course of the year it might be nice to pair this with something for students immediately after obviously this feedback is for you to help you for the next year I also like to keep it anonymous like you suggested but if you have people who finish early or maybe they finish the last test of the year early something like that and they had done this kind of survey or poll or whatever you want to call it the previous day maybe have them do a little bit of self-reflection on how 
the person they were at the beginning of the year, the writer they were at the beginning of the year, whatever it is, might be a lot different from who they are walking out of your classroom. And I know one of the things I like to do is just write all of the texts on the board that we have read and engaged with. And sometimes the students are like, "Did I forgot we read that. That was so long ago. I'm like, yep, we, we did that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. What's mistake number five? Last but not least, mistake number five not setting up systems for next year. So this is not just to do with the way that you organize your space or the way that you decide to decorate your space for next year. We're talking about the systems that help you be successful from day one. So we chatted about spring cleaning in our past episode, and we've also spoken about the way that we set up our online resources, our Google Drive, our hot mess of a (laughs) Google Drive, and all of that. (laughs) Yep. Um, I know at least for me, it's right now I'm doing a lot of reflection about the way that I'd like to set up um, my Google Classrooms for next year um, because we do use that Mm -hmm. system at my school. And I was just really learning about it a lot this year and trying to understand the best way to make use of that and, you know, the Mm – regular oh my my computer died I don't have a charger or my internet's out or whatever so just trying to figure out okay what's the best uh plan of action day to day and I do think I have a system Mm -hmm. in place for that and even the way that I start my classes you know I just so often you'll get into some kind of rhythm and it for me at least it kind of varies based on the unit but I'm going back and forth with the idea of having like for the entire year having these sort of like patterns that I go into when I teach different vocabulary or grammar and how that work rather than having things sort of depend on the unit. I'm just kind of playing around with that a little bit. And I may actually end up asking my students for feedback on that too. And, you know, how might you feel about having a graded closure every single day? A one question Mm -hmm. closure, which is something that I've never really done before. I've done it now for this unit because it kind of works, but could that be something that would work for the whole year? And that's just like a participatory kind of grade that you get every single day. And I'm going to talk to my students and see what they have to say about it. But just really reflecting on that and and the way that you want to really set up your students for success day one. Whether it is things you can put on autopilot and kind of like automate. I know in the spring cleaning episode, we touched on maybe having templates for some common parent emails, or maybe it's something that is more about how can you make, even if it's not the day to day, the day to day rather of your classroom function, but maybe entire um, chunks of the year. I know every year, the week, or I shouldn't even say week, it's probably the last like two and a half weeks before the midterm and the final. I'm like, oh man, we are we are getting right up to the end. And I don't know that we're going to have enough time to really do this one particular text justice. And I want to make sure that we cover it, but are we going to cover it too fast? And I feel like that timing is something that always gives me a lot of anxiety at those yeah. times. And if I could just really kind of take the time to reflect now to make sure that I'm kind of planning backwards for that, it's something that could be avoided for the next year uh, or hopefully could be avoided for the next year with some proper planning. And that could be something that is related to how your students gave you feedback. Maybe they said they didn't like a particular text and it was because you know you Mm. rushed through it. Or it might be because if you don't have the proper policies in place from day one, when you are getting closer to 
break, whether it is the break before, you know, Christmas, or if it's the long break before summer, classroom management becomes a big problem. The kids who were interrupting before become almost unruly and unmanageable if you didn't have those things in place. Or even if they're not trying to do it, you mentioned not having the charger for their computer. That makes me think back way, way back to one of our first episodes about students who become distractions, even though they're not trying to be distractions in the classroom. Guys, this is really (laughs) full circle. (laughs) That's how it should be, right? It's everything we've learned in a year and we've been podcasting and it's our end of our school year for podcasting as well. (laughs) Yeah, truly. And that is a perfect segue. We have a bonus mistake that people often make that we want to make sure that they avoid making. And this one is really close to home. We're really excited about this one. And our bonus mistake is that teachers are not using this really important time of the year to plan for all the ways to become a better teacher for the next school year. And Danielle, how do we do this? How do we combat this? One of the things that I think we frequently put at the bottom of our to-do list is figuring out how we're going to get our professional development Mm -hmm. hours Mm -hmm. in. Because unless you have to submit them really soon, researching what conferences you want to attend or something like that might not be top of mind. Yeah. But we have some extra time coming up. We do. We do. Yeah, we have some extra time coming up, and we're really trying to take advantage of that. And what we are referring to is our summit. So we are actually bringing you professional development that you can do right from your own home. All on. No No travel, travel. (laughs) none at all. We are online and it is called the Total Teacher Summit. And Danielle and I of everything, education, we are putting together this Total Teacher Summit and it's actually, mark your calendars, everybody, because it's coming up sooner than you might think. We are planning for August 24th and 25th. So the weekend of August 24th. So when you are thinking about... How are you going to get your professional development hours in? And you're kind of thinking through because you have a little bit of time and you're doing some extra research. You might realize you want to attend some conferences, but maybe you really don't feel like getting on that plane and traveling to wherever that is. I know back when we had our episode with Ashlyn, she encouraged everyone, whether they identify as introverts or not, to kind of put themselves out there. And we're not saying only attend our summit. Attend as many of these conferences as you want. There are excellent things to learn from a variety of educators. Part of the reason we have so many guests on our show is because these teachers are amazing. (laughs) They really, really are. They have so much to share. And we acknowledge that As fellow educators, we can walk away with something at the end of every single episode. And that's what we want to do from delivering you the absolute easiest professional development that you can attend. You can attend this entire PD in your pajamas, guys. (laughs) And we're so excited to do exactly that. (laughs) We have some incredible educators that will be speaking on various topics and we will definitely share more about that in our upcoming episodes and definitely check us out on instagram for more sneak peeks as to what you can expect did we mention that attending this if you're looking at all of the videos live is free oh yeah 
I think that's probably an important <laughs> point. I think we should probably mention that. So instead of trying to figure out the logistics of a hotel, instead of having to pay for attending a conference that is really expensive, if you are attending the Total Teacher Summit live and watching all of the excellent professional development as it comes in, you can do it all for free. And we couldn't be more excited about it. Definitely yeah. look out for more information coming soon. Check out our Instagram, of course, if you're not already following us, and some more episodes that will reveal more details very, very soon. We are just so excited. And we are in the process of putting it together. So we've talked about asking our students for feedback. We're going to ask you guys for your feedback. We want to make sure that the PD that you want is the PD that you get. Love it. All right. Thanks, Danielle. I think that's it. <laughs> Until, Until next, next time. time. If you'd like to learn more about us and the services that we offer, head to everything.com.